Coming up on the season finale of BYU football with Kalani Satake, the Cougars come home from Massachusetts with a 32-point victory against the Minutemen. Deep blue on the incredible Christopher Clark and the starting center James Empey is in studio as the final Satake show of the season starts now. This is BYU football with Kalani Satake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare, with your host, Jerem Jordan. Welcome to our season finale of the show in Studio C on Thanksgiving week. Football, family food, it's going to be a great week. Uh, Greg Rebell is in Maui with the men's basketball team, so I'm your mainland host tonight. We've got a great crowd in Studio C. Thanks for being here on the season finale. I tried to trade with Greg, but he wouldn't do it. Whatever. Join the conversation by submitting questions for tonight's guest, uh, Kalani Satake, namely on Twitter using hashtag Satake Show, as well as Facebook and Instagram on the BYU TV sports accounts. Here's what's in store for the next hour. We will review the win at UMass, review the regular season finale, preview it with an old foe, San Diego State. Offensive line coach Eric Mateos will be inside the film room. The coach will answer some of your questions during the Q&A session. James Empey will be in studio, and a look back at some of the best moments of the show this season. And now the reason you are here, let's welcome out the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Kalani Satake. Good to see you. All right. Welcome, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I heard Pops was still celebrating his birthday a week later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's when we know it's a, we'll celebrate his birthday by eating a lot of food on, th on Thanksgiving. This is the week to do it. Yeah. This is the one time we'll eat a lot. Listen, I know that uh, you're going to the Hawaii Bowl, and that's going to be fun, but the men's basketball team's in Hawaii. How about that win last yeah, night? Yeah, I was, just, I was texting, uh, congratulating uh, Coach Pope on, on the win last night, and Looking forward to seeing them play, uh, you know, today. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, last week at UMass, that was the fourth Eastern time zone trip. How was this trip compared to the other three? Uh, well, we won, and it was <laughs> that was that was fun. You know, we challenged the guys, and, and um, uh, you know, Tyler had moved over to, to running back, and, and uh, you know, he still has it, even though he's got the he's been spending some time with the linebacker. So I think that's helped him out with the running back position. So we're going to take some credit for that one, but. The guys came ready to play, and I thought uh, offensively, other than the first drive, I think everything else went pretty smoothly, and guys executed at a high level, and that's what we, we needed to see from our players. That's the understatement of the century, because you set a BYU record 42 points in the second quarter. That was about as good as it gets. Yeah, I would have liked to make the field goal, you know, but uh, um, that's something to, to work on next time, and, and uh, you know, defensively, we could have created a little bit more. We missed some sacks and some opportunities to uh, get off the field earlier, but I thought for the first half, defense did a great job locking them down. And uh, I think yardage-wise, they didn't have a lot of yards in the first half. And get, got a lot of guys some reps and, and uh, provided those guys that, that are on our depth chart some opportunities and some experience. Into the second half now, some of the backups in Jackson McChesney. We'll talk about him in a moment, but what a, what a game for him. 12-yard uh, run here and then a 51-yard Run in the fourth quarter, the uh, the backups uh, fared pretty well, but I know you wanted to keep more points off the board here, right? Yeah, that I mean, obviously not happy about some of the plays that we gave up defensively, but I was really pleased with the way uh, the offense kept playing. We should have put more points on the board still, but uh, I think uh, if you're looking, if you're kind of looking at, at the, the stats from the second half, we weren't good enough and uh, obviously lost the second half, you know, so... Um, build enough of a lead, but I think that those reps are precious for our 
development of our players and uh, gave us an opportunity to really teach them some of the things that they can they can learn. And it's better that you can do it with a convincing win rather than have to suffer a loss that, that you wish you could have back. Just the second or the first game since 2005 against an FBS team where you had at least 300 pass and 300 rush yards. That's incredible balance. That was that was a positive. Yeah, if our offense does that, I feel really good about our chances. So and, <laughs> and, and uh, scoring that many points will help us, you know, and 42 points in the quarter. So uh, all that explosive plays and things that, uh, you know, I thought it was nice to see Zach feel comfortable and, and be able to throw uh, and shake the rust off a little bit. And so we're looking forward to see, uh, seeing our guys perform this weekend. And we'll talk about San Diego State in a few minutes, but uh, this was the fourth game against UMass. You've played, uh, I guess, Utah, Utah State, Boise State, and UMass has been the consistent team. That kind of wraps up at this point. Um, what was the experience like in, in kind of a smaller stadium, but Cougar Nation always shows up? Yeah, I mean, they showed up and they made a lot of noise and, and uh, our, our players were really excited to shake hands with them and, and, and sing to the fight song to them. So uh, just really cool to see all our fans that were there. They were there in pregame cheering and making a lot of noise too. And uh, our players really appreciate them. And I know a lot of fans followed and uh, whatever, however they watched the TV, the game. But I, I think that, uh, you know, we really appreciate our fans and, and uh, really look forward to entertaining them. That's, that's the goal for our team. And I think they were entertained. 42 points in a quarter will do that. Uh, Jackson McChesney, at the beginning of the year, this guy might have been sixth or seventh on the depth chart. He can still redshirt. What a game. 228 yards, 15 yards to carry, two touchdowns, sixth most in BYU history. Well, we knew he had this ability to do this. I, I mean, out of Lone Peak High School, he was a big, big playmaker and a uh, 100-meter uh, champ, you know, so he's a, got tons of speed. Um, and when we had him in, in fall camp, he just barely came home from his mission, and uh, Coach Stewart is really excited about him. But he was, you know, he just got off the mission and, and didn't have the same body that he has now. It was a lot different back then in August, and he's worked really hard. And we knew that if we can get him in that position where he can play him four games, he could do some damage. And, and obviously, the number is called, and he had, with the unfortunate injuries that we've had at running back position, he was able to step in and and be ready to play. And uh, the O line opened up some holes, but you saw him making breaking some tackles and making some big plays and. Uh, he's going to be a special one, and he'll be a freshman again for next year, so that's the fun part about it. That is awesome. Uh, Tyler Algier, uh, second week in a row where a defensive guy scored a touchdown, by the way. Kyrus Tongan, now Tyler Algier. <laughs> uh, is Tyler Algier running back uh, this week? Will he stay there? Yeah, I mean, he, he kept reminding me during the game that he can play linebacker, but I, I don't, <laughs> I mean, you know, that wasn't the right thing to do right at that moment, and we felt like we could get some other guys some reps, but... He could he, he could make the transition either way. He's he's a great player. He plays a lot of our special teams as well. So uh, wherever we wherever we need him, that's sort of been the attitude that he's had. And uh, I'm just really thankful that we have great coaches and, and great players that can adjust and and, and they don't have uh, to worry about anything. If they, if they want to, you know, we moved him over, and it wasn't like we had to convince him. He's like, I'll move over whatever's best for the team, and that's a really good sign when you have guys that can do that. Emmanuel Supa, will he be a guy that could be available this week, or is he still in question? Um, we're still day-to-day -day with him, yeah. Okay. So, unfortunately, that's kind of how we have to see it. And being that it's Tuesday, we'll still see how it progresses uh, towards the end of the week. And then Baylor Romney has sat out the last couple of games, mm -hmm. I think hoping that he could be available potentially for this game. What's his status? Yeah, he'll be, he's more ready now than he was uh, the last couple of weeks. So, we felt like it was a... You know, Coach A-Rod and Grimes felt like it was a good opportunity to rest him a little bit more and get Joe some reps. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how he looks much better. And then I think that that was a wise decision for those coaches to make that make that adjustment and give him a couple weeks to heal up. Okay, five-game win streak. Six would be the longest of your tenure in four years. Uh, feels like there's some real momentum going into the San Diego State game. 
Yeah, we got the last game coming up. Our guys are really excited. We have a lot of fans in that area, and, and um, we just, you know, I, I was talking to a bunch of the players. They wish we could still keep playing, you know. That, and, um, but this is this is it until the bowl game, so we might as well empty the tank and be ready to roll. I, I'm excited to see our players play. At San Diego State Saturday, we will preview that coming up in a bit. It's that time on the show where we break down some film from the last game. Today we chat with offensive line coach Eric Mateos to see what went well to the tune of 320 rushing yards as we go inside the film room. All right, Eric, obviously a, a dominating performance uh, by the offense, and the O-line seemed to have a great day. It was our best day with uh, a lot of guys getting reps and a lot of guys playing well. Okay, let's see uh, Tyler Algiers play, breaking down. Okay, well, uh, i put this on here because it was really good job I think by our whole offense in this protection it's a five-man pro and so if they bring two guys off of um, the top of the, the top of the screen here and they bring a new blitz they hadn't shown us this, this blitz but if they bring two this Mike and this strong safety then we're hot off of the outside threat and Zach sees that and so this linebacker number two he has to relate um, with with number uh, three to the field, Tyler becomes the third receiver of the field, so he has to push all the way out there, and so he's stressed out, so Zach gets the ball out quick, and then our two guys are out on routes, become blockers, and Tyler's able to take it, uh, take it a distance. Tyler obviously is really benefited from not being coached by a running back coach throughout <laughs> the course of the season. Uh, Lopini Katoa touchdown early. Yeah, so well, I'm going to go to the to the to the money shot here. This is the best shot in the world. You got a goal line. Um, you know, it's our seven blockers on their nine defenders, and we call this a bear choke front. They got a bear. Uh, all our inside guys are covered. They got two edges on the defense. They got a guy choking our tight end and man coverage. And so we knew if we brought uh, Mason in motion, we could kind of get it tilted the way we wanted. Um, you see 46 jumps front side here, and then the really nice job, we got a great double team on the backside by Keanu and Brady. They really wash this down. James does a really good job handling his guy at the point of attack. We just can't give up penetration there. And so we just need a stalemate from him. And then Mason does a great job of causing both these guys to be stuck in one gap. And that's really that's really the best block of this whole thing. And it's a you know, running back walks in untouched. It's nice when you can go seven on nine and get untouched into the end zone. Yeah, that's pretty that's, good. Yeah, that's you, know, you. You know, sometimes you're going to have to, you know, have a collision with one of the goal line, but if you can get them in untouched, that's those are the really pretty ones. Okay, Jackson McChesney, 228 yards, a freshman record, sixth all time, had an excellent uh, game in this one. This is quite the run. So our job, we tell the guys, is to get our backs on the third level. That's our job. We're responsible for the first and the second level. It's their job to make uh, their money on the third level. Uh, they have their mic over in a 50 alignment, which is, we call that the outside shoulder of the tackle. They got the three. On the back sides, we're really kind of in trouble here pre-snap because we have, um, they have a two-eye, we call a two-eye on the, on the guard, and a zero backer. And Blake and Chandon have to go get these guys cut off. But with the jet sweep, we're able to get 33 to bump over just a little bit, and we get both of our guys inside of there. And when we're able to get that leverage, now Jackson has uh, the ability to go make something happen, and he, he made that guy pay for it, <laughs> which was a really nice run to see. Big test with San Diego State this week. Uh, top 10 defense and yeah. third in the country in rushing uh, defense. Uh, what do you think of the challenge? Um, this is one of the best rushing defenses in the country. 
and we're not taking lightly. Our guys are super excited about it, and um, you know, you like to test yourself against these these kind of teams. So we're excited. Okay, thanks for breaking it down. Good luck Saturday. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Derek Mateos, for your day-to-day -day Cougar Sports play-by-play. -play. Watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and myself weekdays at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Man, we had a fun show today. Karch Karayan Studio. That was awesome. When we come back, Coach Satake takes your questions. But first, the Cougars head coach and BYU heads back to San Diego. We'll preview the matchup. This is BYU Football with Kalani Satake. Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare, healing for life. Always fun to play basketball on air, right? This is at the Basketball Hall of Fame, the Hoop Hall, they call it, in Springfield, Massachusetts. The Cougars hung out Friday afternoon before the Saturday game against UMass. Here's two Hall of Famers, Kresner Chosich and Stan Watts. So there you go. Saturday's broadcast schedule is as follows. Pre-game coverage on BYU Radio starts at 7 Eastern. Cougar pregame live with your boy Jason Shepard. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff live at 8 Eastern. The game's on CBS Sports Network. That's a linear television station that you have. And BYU Radio at 9 Eastern with postgame coverage on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU at San Diego State Saturday. First time since 2012 BYU's been there uh, since the Poinsettia Bowl. More on that in a few minutes. The Aztecs 8-3 were ranked earlier in the year. One of the best defenses in the country and uh, one of the toughest defenses BYU will face this year. BYU with a six-game win streak. What kind of challenge is San Diego State, Kalani? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're an athletic team and, and uh, you know, well-coached. They have a lot of great experience on the coaching staff. And Rocky Long's a guy that, that um, a lot of people might be familiar with him and the mentoring that he's given to Bronco Mendenhall and others that are doing some good things in college football right now. So he's got a great staff and an athletic team, and, and they've, they're used to winning. Obviously, they, they've been ranked this this uh, this season, so be a good matchup for our guys. Our guys are really you, you heard our players and from our players in in press conference and everything, they're really excited about this matchup. So it'll be a lot of fun. If you like Star Wars, you like some of the notable alumni there. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy, who runs the show, and then Carl Weathers is in The Mandalorian. If you've seen that, so you've been watching The Mandalorian yeah, was, on he, Disney Plus. He was Creed in, in uh, uh, of course, yeah, yes. follow, yeah, absolutely. Rested development a little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that defense. That defense is real good. Uh, top 10 in rushing defense and scoring defense and total defense. This will be a challenge for the uh, BYU offense. Yeah, a lot of pressure, and, and, they, and I mean, they, they mix it up quite a bit, and so they're, they're really good at disguising. I think they're, they're, their main thing is to just uh, take away the run. That's, that's what they're built on. So, uh, you know, for, it'll be a good challenge for our offense. I feel good about, our, about the matchup. And then uh, they hang their hat on the defense. That's that their head coach is a defensive guy. And, they're more of a pro-style offense. Uh, we'll try to run the ball, even though they're a little bit balanced with the run game and the pass game. But I think they're going to try to really just possess the ball. And they'll, they'll, they'll huddle, and then uh, they'll slow the game down a little bit. But uh, we're going to have to take care of the football and, and on defense disrupt as much as we can. Offensively, got to find ways, uh, ways to get points on the board. I mean, they, they played last week, they played against Hawaii, who's an explosive offense and scores a lot of points and held them to 14. Mm -hmm. And the final was 14 to 11 in that game. So. Uh, I think uh, our offense will be a good challenge for them. I'm seeing the, how they can answer the call. Does it start with the run against a good rush defense, or, or sometimes do you think, you know what, maybe we go around it with the pass? I mean, I, whatever gets the points on the board. That's all that matters. So it, it could be the run, it could be the pass, it could be trick plays. doesn't matter to me. Um, special teams, we've got to find a way to, to be, you know, make it so it's a positive for us in that phase. And uh, that's the punt game, cover, and then also in our return game. So. Uh, all three phases are going to have to function really well, and it's the last game of the year, so 
we should be we should be uh, pretty much automatic on our execution right now. And I think we've developed some really good habits the last couple of weeks and, and looking to step it up again this week against a really quality team. Should mention Luke Barku, eight picks, uh, leads uh, the country. He's tied for first. Let's talk about the offense. Bit of a struggle. You mentioned they slowed the game down a little bit. Traditionally, great rushing offense. They produced mm -hmm. some excellent running backs over the years. This year, it's been uh, a little tougher, but because of how good their defense is, they've seemed to have been in every single game they've played if they didn't win it. Yeah, and they've, they've uh, really focused on trying to take care of the football, you know, and, and they don't, because they huddle, they don't have the stats a little bit misleading. They don't have as many opportunities and many plays in the game that. Normally, a no-huddle team would get probably 70 to 80 snaps, and, and when they, they huddle, it's not as many. So uh, that gives it, it's more probably what you're seeing of yards per play compared to um, overall yards. And for me, the overall thing that matters the most is points. And so if we can keep the points off the board and, and we can score more, and obviously we win. So that's all I, I care about right now, and, and making sure that we function all three phases, and that if we can win all three phases, I like our chances. This game is being played at the San Diego County Credit Union Stadium. It used to be called San Diego Stadium, Jack Murphy Stadium, Qualcomm Stadium. You played in the stadium. BYU played a ton of bowl games in this stadium. So uh, it's the site of some of the most epic BYU games ever. In fact, here are the top five games played in San Diego. Walk through this with me, Kalani. <laughs> 2012, Kyle Van Noy takes over the Poinsettia Bowl in the fourth quarter. Two defensive touchdowns and a punt block. Yeah, I remember watching this game and just amazing. Uh, Kyle Van Noy, I mean, we already knew that he was a great player, but he basically single-handedly just ruined this game for San Diego State. And, <laughs> and uh, so impressive. And you see the things that he's doing in, in the NFL for the Patriots. It's, it's you know, he's, he's doing... He's, he's doing, doing all right. Yeah, he's doing okay. 91, the 52-52 tie. Uh, Ty Detmer throws for almost 600 yards and six touchdowns. Marshall Falk is on the other side. Mm -hmm. that, this is another good game. I remember being in high school and watching that game, so... Number three, 1983, Eddie Stinnett. Back to Steve Young for the game-winning score with about 20 seconds to go in the Holiday Bowl. I remember watching that game with my pops, getting really excited about it. And, and uh, yeah, just love seeing Steve Young make that play. That was pretty fun. Number two, BYU wins a national championship. The last power five, non-Power 5 team to do it, 84. The game winner right here, Bosco to Kelly Smith. Yeah, this was awesome. And I think a lot of fans, I mean, I was nine years old at the time, but a lot of fans can remember that year and that, that moment. And, of course, number one, hard to beat the Natty, but guess what? When you're down 20 with four minutes to go, McMahon to Brown down 24 minutes. You yeah. win. Unbelievable. This one I don't remember. I was five years old, so <laughs> but I remember watching the clips when I got older. So that, that Jim McMahon, and, and uh, that was a great comeback. And it's, I think it's one of the historic comebacks in, in uh, college history, so it was a lot of fun. What's your favorite memory of playing against San Diego State or in San Diego? Um, I just always remember it was good weather. <laughs> And so um, it's a little, we're, we're dealing with some cold weather right now and, and uh, I'm looking forward to going to the warm weather. And I remember the bowl game, it was great weather. You remember being there, it was perfect weather until the game. Until the game, it started then, raining. Yeah, then it started raining and even then it was nice and warm. So I'll, I'll take it. I, I'm looking forward to whatever the weather brings us, whether it's wind or rain, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And that was the last Poinsettia Bowl, the one you're referring to in 2016. Mm -hmm. So forever Poinsettia Bowl champs. There no one go. else can say that, right? We should hold on to the, the, the trophy forever. Literally forever. <laughs> no one's going to take it. Okay, thanks, Kalani. The Cougars women's soccer team, by the way, in the Elite Eight. How about the ladies? They are awesome. They'll play at Stanford Friday, 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific. You can listen to that on BYU Radio 107.9 FM. And I think it's on the Pac-12 network uh, as well. As the Cougars look to get to their first NCAA College Cup, good luck to the ladies. As we head to break, we want you to know that you can enjoy a full hot breakfast buffet 
dinner Monday through Wednesday in a kitchen and large grassy backyard along the Provo River Trail, all at the Residence Inn Marriott in Provo. Kalani, you can dance if you want. After the break, James Empey will be in studio, but first, the coach takes your questions in studio and from social media. This is BYU Football with Kalani Satake. He's breaking it down. Hoops are on BYU TV and BYU Radio this week. And after a 15-point win against UCLA last night, the men's basketball team plays number four Kansas tonight. Pre-game on BYU Radio at 7.30 Eastern. Good luck to the guys in the Maui Invitational. Then Friday night, the women's team hosts Utah. They beat Utah State earlier today, Kids Day. If you love shrills, that was a great one. Nine Eastern, six Pacific. And then Saturday afternoon, the men's team hosts Montana Tech, the Ore Diggers. The Ore Diggers are in town, three Eastern, 12 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio. And then guess who's going to play next week, by the way? Yoli Childs is playing next week against Utah. Can't wait for that. Free Yoli! And the season premiere of BYU basketball with Mark Pope is on Monday, December 9th on the BYU TV app at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. I expect Kalani Satake, I expect you to be in the crowd for at least one of those episodes. Is that fair? I'll be here. <laughs> Ask him some really serious questions. Yes, serious questions is what we want. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Satake in the season finale. Q&A time now on the Satake Show. Some of those serious questions Kalani just referenced. We've got live audience and social media questions queued up. And we'll start with this week's Q&A here in studio. And Brenton Farrell, a regular, is at the mic. What's up, Brenton? <laughs> How much, Jerem? All right, Coach, so you're going to be in Maui for Christmas, which means you get to avoid the uh, wonderful tradition of a white Christmas that we have here in Utah. But what tradition are you going to make sure you keep being in Hawaii? What, what Christmas tradition are you going to make sure you do? Food. Yeah. <laughs> we'll eat well. So I, th- I think after the game, and, and we'll be in Oahu, but after the game, we'll, um, we'll fly back and most of the most of the guys will be home um, Christmas morning, like around 5.30 in the morning. So, so they're going to take a plane back right mm-hmm. after, probably. Yep, they'll, they'll land awesome. right when Santa leaves. So it's perfect timing. <laughs> Thanks, Brenton. Okay, next up, Lincoln Peterson at the mic. Lincoln, excited to have you, brother. So what's the best way to prep a turkey? Smoke, fry, or oven bake? How about all of the above? <laughs> Let's do all three, yeah? What's your favorite? Probably fried. Fried? Why, why probably? Huh? Why probably? Probably. Well, I don't know. Only kind of really had. Okay. I like the way you brought the questions. Yeah. Was serious. He's ready to go. Yeah. You asked for a serious question. Well, I, I, I took it really serious, and it was about food. I kind of relaxed after that. But, yeah, that was, that was really cool. You said, why isn't so-and-so play? Oh, a turkey? Yeah. Yeah, all of the above. Yeah, I like yeah, it all. Exactly. Thank, thanks Thank for the you. question, Lincoln. Man, he's bringing the heat. Uh, Pablo Biggers. Pablo, welcome. Hey, so I was just wondering, what's like the easiest experiences that you have and the hardest experiences that you have that just come with your job? The easiest? Yeah, easiest and hardest. One. Is hanging out with the fans. Yeah. I love it. That's, a, that's like, I, I am a fan. Before I was a coach, I was a, and before I was a player, I was a BYU fan, just like you. And just uh, that, I, I think I can kind of connect with people. So when the fans complain to me about stuff, I'm like, I know, seriously. Oh, <laughs> you know, someone should do something about that. <laughs> Yeah, so I think that's been the easiest thing, and um, uh, the hard thing is just letting, letting uh, the, you know, when we're not meeting the expectations of the fans and, and the players, that's, that's probably the hardest part. But that's the goal, so to be there consistently and make everyone happy. Thanks, Pablo. All right. How have you, this is your four for you, you're about to end, and, and by the way, I, I know we've spoken about, congratulations on the extension, it's only been Thanks, a week, Jared. but that's awesome. <laughs> um, 
How have you evolved as a head coach from when you first showed up and this is brand new to you to here we are four years later? Well, I'm still learning, you know, so I, th I think my attitude was to come in here and, and uh, learn as much as I can from everyone. And I've learned a lot of things from so many different people and, and uh, the, the interactions that I've had with fans and faculty, staff, administration, upper campus, everyone from the players. Um, I mean, it's been it's been awesome for me. So I I feel like I've, I've grown a lot just because of the interaction I've had for everyone. But I'm still learning and I'm still trying to get better. And, and uh, I can tell you that I, I feel like I've become a better person being here and, and uh, can't really complain about that. You know, when my when my wife and my kids are really happy, that makes me happy. So uh, I'm glad I got the extension. Let's keep this thing rolling. Absolutely. Let's keep going. Well, each week, the Cougar football team honors a person who is going through a particularly difficult situation in their life. And in this week's Deep Blue, we explore the amazing Christopher Clark, brother of tight ends coach Steve Clark, and husband to our own Lisa Clark Valentine of BYU Radio and BYU TV. This is Deep Blue. What drives and motivates Christopher Clark? I am motivated purely by money. Okay, next question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> All of his brothers are like hunters and super into sports, and he was not really into sports ball and would rather read Shakespeare and go be in plays and things like that. He was talented. He was the talented brother. He has trained all over. He's got a lot of experience. And it's amazing, and it's showed in his career, and he's just really passionate about acting and directing, and he's directed some of the best theater in the state of Utah. I've kind of come around to that part of him, the more artsy part of him that I thought I never would, and then he's got into the NFL for some reason, um, and Major League Baseball. Steve has always been a hero to me because he's my big brother, but we've always had different interests and talents. Our lives didn't intersect very often, but adversity is a great connector. I've had to slow down, and it's made me recognize how many incredible people are in my life. We take each other for granted. Steve isn't just my brother, he's my friend. Started with like a sort of a drag in the foot, like, hey, there's this weird thing, and I'm like, yeah, you're fine. And um, then after it didn't go away, we did some, you know, MRIs. And when it was clean, we got a little worried, but then we did another... Uh, MRI a little bit higher up in his neck and when that was clean then everybody got a little bit concerned. I of course did what everybody should not do which is to go online and Google the symptoms and I was like well for sure it's not that. That's horrible. ALS is a motor neuron disease that affects the muscles. My brain is sending signals to my muscles but they aren't getting through. I first lost my legs, then my hands, and then my voice. My brain still functions normally, and I still have full physical sensation. My muscles just don't want to work. I'm sure he's had down, dark days, but I've never seen him. He's uh, very open about it. He has a lot of toughness to be able to go through what he's going through and know that it's, it's only going to get worse before it gets to the end every new phase there's a little bit of grief and mourning for sure of like oh man I can't believe he can't stand anymore he can't play the piano he's this gorgeous concert pianist I mean ugh, he can't talk he can't say these things but 
he can still communicate, you know? It, you just, it's always trying to desperately look for what he can still do. And that's a game that we both do for each other. My disease is constantly changing the way I live. But each time it throws a new curveball, I try to strategically figure out a way to deal with it. Adversity can be so overwhelming, but you can chip away at it day by day. He has this 15-minute rule. You can spend 15 minutes a day feeling sorry for yourself, feeling overwhelmed, feeling that grief heavy, but then that's enough. Move on with your, the rest of your day. Live. So the challenge for me is try to live a full, normal life as a husband and a dad and take everything as it comes. He's still doing it. He's still doing everything he can do in some adaptable way. Christopher and his family came to the, the indoor practice facility, and the moment he got in, he, his eyes just lit up. My true blue hero experience was a bit of surprise. I thought I was there to watch practice. Suddenly the team was gathered around me and Matt Bushman was giving out presents. You can't tell from my face, but I was a little in shock. It was awesome. The team goes to one side of the field and we set up our, our true blue hero on the 50 yard line and they break out and they start chanting his name. And I see his eyes just looking and just being lit up with, you know, he's, he, he was really happy and, and knowing that the team was coming to honor him. I have a family and then I have a second family and the second family's the team. And so I had, a, I had two uh, people that I care about. I felt so much love from the team. Many of them thanked me and were a little emotional. And I could tell it wasn't just because they felt bad about my situation. They seemed to see me as a person who is bigger than a disease. That meant a lot to me. Someone suggested that Chris uh, run a play with the team, which uh, he never, he's never carried a football in his life. Jaron Hall took the snap, gave it to Baylor. Baylor gave it to, to Christopher. Matt pushed right up the A-gap, and everybody just followed. You know, the whole team came in from the right, from the left, from, the, from behind, and we just ran all the way to the end zone, and it was uh, something that I'll remember forever. I'm a fan of Matt Bushman first and foremost because he's a tight end, and my brother is the tight end coach. But he's also a fantastic player who delivers every game, and a great human. You can tell the team looks up to him. I do too. I wouldn't want anyone else to do it. Matt's a great player. After Christopher's gone, I'll remember that. That day the rest of my life. That's bigger than, than the game. That's bigger than football. Matt Bushman doesn't need to catch another pass, score another touchdown to, to be a hero in, in the Clark family. When you learn stories and experiences that some of these people have to go through, it definitely humbles us, and we realize that we're fortunate to be able to be playing at the stage that, that we're at, just being able to represent BYU. It puts it into perspective, and a lot of us feel a lot more grateful after we meet with the True Blue Heroes. I think when people see Christopher going through all these struggles and still maintaining a lot of happiness, they want to put like a big bow on it, right? And say, well, see, anyone can get through anything. Just have a good attitude. And I wish that there were a way for me to convey on a deeper level, like the kind of person that Christopher is in the short amount of time that we have together. Before this disease, he was 
living life to the fullest and using his talents and his gifts and creating art and putting it out there, trying to be the best person that he can. Christopher does not want to be defined by ALS. He wants to be a father, the husband, the theater director. He wants to be defined by so much more. And so when you can have a moment where you can just stop and, and appreciate that in another person, whether they have a disease or not, I think that there's great value in that, of just really seeing somebody for who they really are. Everyone needs that. Everyone is drawn to that kind of connection. Oh, son of a gun. Did you just ruin my take? What an incredible story, incredible family. Uh, what do you remember from that day at practice? Um, just, you know, just love the Clark family, and, and it was just good, you know, just this emotional time, right? But the, the uh, just the True Blue Hero uh, is such a huge part of what what makes our players understand their purpose in, in, in the game. And, and you heard Steve mention it, that it's just, this is bigger than the game, and that's what's wonderful about BYU. And, yeah, we, our interactions with everyone as a football team, the platform that we have, and to get to meet people, but we feel a little, um, feel like we're getting the the huge benefit from meeting wonderful people like Christopher and others that are, have come through our lives, and uh, just honored to have him be part of our life and, and part of our memories. An incredible guy. We'll be back with more BYU football with Kalani Sataki after this. <laughs> Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare, healing for life. Craig Rebell said KBN does it again, and he continues to do it in the NFL. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake on BYU TV, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Fred Warner for your Niners, Kalani. That's 11 right. tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, and a 37-8 win over the Packers. Can you guys lose? I need my Seahawks <laughs> to win the NFC West. Well, Ziggy we did Yonsa. lose the Seahawks. That that's, was a bad one. That's yeah. right. I reminded you. <laughs> Ziggy Yonsa had one and a half sacks and a forced fumble and a 17-9 Seahawks win over the Eagles. And Kyle Van Noy continues to get it done. Five tackles in a TFL in a blizzard between the Patriots who beat the Cowboys. Well, Thanksgiving is Thursday, a tradition that falls during the season when the Cougars are at their physical best for each game each week. Yet you better believe these players and coaches are enjoying the day. Here are some of their favorite parts about the holiday. Being with uh, my immediate family and extended family, that's, there's nothing that beats that. You watch football all day, football, nap, football, food, nap. <laughs> I love the food comas. I love going and taking a long nap after I eat with my family. That's the best, <laughs> the best feeling ever. The food. I love homemade macaroni and cheese. I love the dinner rolls. Not a huge turkey guy. I hate potatoes. <laughs> Absolutely hate potatoes. So you take the mashed potatoes, then you put stuffing on the mashed potatoes, then you pull your turkey apart and gravy all that. That's what your plate should look like, a mosh posh. People are like, oh, you gotta keep it separate. No, you're wasting space. You got leftovers, and, that's, and it's the best part. And Every day I'm waking up knowing I'm gonna have Thanksgiving for breakfast and Thanksgiving for lunch and Thanksgiving for dinner. Turkey bowl, we play on the side, they tell us not to do anything, but sorry coach. <laughs> to take a moment and think about how grateful that we are to have the opportunities we have. It, it, it is a special day and um, hopefully we can smoke up something decent on the Traeger as well. Happy Thanksgiving everyone. Uh, what's your favorite food on Thanksgiving? Oh, she's all of it yeah so i think uh whatever you can throw cranberry sauce on 
I'll eat it. You okay there's, with There's not one thing that I don't like. <laughs> I, I, all of it. I, yeah, I like it all. You okay with Lorenzo Falatea's comment there? No, he's not going to be doing turkey bowl. I can't do that. <laughs> I'll drive out to his house and make sure of that. So he, he will not be participating. We'll be practicing Thursday morning. I was going to say, how you I'll make how you sure he's it? really tired by the time we're done. So. Yeah, sorry, Lorenzo. I know yeah. we shot that a few months ago. You're in trouble, buddy. You're not doing that. You're in trouble. We need him. He's going to play this weekend, so that's good. And that's great news because mm -hmm. he's the sack leader and, uh, with two, and he hasn't played in a few weeks. So that's Yeah, awesome. so we need him. We need him to play this week. Lorenzo, you can't play in Turkey Bowl. Yeah, you got to play Saturday. It's over. Right. Yeah, it's <laughs> over. You heard it. Okay, tonight's player guest is a man you may not notice much, but that's because he's doing his job, snapping the ball and blocking. He's 6'4", 300 pounds. He's out of American Fork, Utah. Please welcome in starting center, James Empey. James, come on in. Someone tell James to come in here. Here he comes, James Happy, everyone. How you doing? How you doing? What's up? How we doing, James? Good How to you see doing? you. Good to bang. Good to bang. Coach, we were wondering where you were at. Good <laughs> years. You know, you know what? That's the rare false start with James Happy. We, we rarely, we rarely see that. We were uh, enjoying the. The, all the art on the walls is kind of cool. A lot of Studio yeah, C. Studio C is sweet. Yeah, I'm still waiting for Studio B to get that look. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, how was the trip back east to UMass? Uh, fun. It's a good trip. Go to the plane ride, got a good win. It was, it was a good time. How was the Basketball Hall of Fame on Friday? Oh, it was fun. It was fun. It was fun. We, we all could just kind of like, they had a, a dinner, the, the Rotary Club uh, in the city we were at, they had like a, a nice dinner on the basketball court floor. So we were walking around, but everybody just kept looking down at the floor wanting to wanting to play basketball and so somebody went down and talked to him and they said if we helped him move the tables then we could we could shoot some hoops and so everybody came down just like then the sacrament meeting and getting it's, picked it's like up the steak center and the yeah, chairs yeah, and yeah exactly just started playing basketball so <laughs> they wondered why we were so time. good at it yeah <laughs> yeah wait had a, had a lot yeah. of practice you guys are efficient yeah what the <laughs> heck that's crazy uh, let's rewind to when you were younger. Your dad played at BYU. Did you grow up a BYU fan? Was this always something you wanted to do? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I grew up just kind of running around the, the Smithfield house causing trouble um, when I was little. And so it's, it's always something that, that I, I wanted to, to do. I, I love being around, and um, it, it's been a big part of my life, BYU has. There's Mike. He wore 66. He played uh, 91 to 93, 87 as well. So he's with Ty Detmer for the most part. Some, uh, some special times, senior year there. Um, you took 66 as well. Was that yeah. always going to be the number here? Yeah, that was always the number. That was my number growing up. and I, I was lucky that it was open when I came, and so I, I snagged it and wearing 66. Yeah. How does that work if your number's taken? You, you hope they graduate quick. Do you, can you yeah. give them something to get the number? How does that work? Yeah, there's, there's some negotiating that goes on, but, you know. Who's uh, going to argue with him? Look how yeah. big he is, right? <laughs> Kyrus. But, yeah, he will. But, yeah, most of the time you just kind of take what's open and you roll with it. When was this guy on your recruiting radar, Kalani? Well, since he was a kid, I mean, I, I was a player when, when uh, Coach Empey was here. And so uh, I remember him when he was a little kid, you know, and, and still still cute like he was back then. He's right? pretty cute. Yeah, he's yeah. a cute kid. And so, uh, um, but you just followed him and then watched him play since he was, when he got into high school. And they had a really good team. And then we started recruiting him and. He he had tons of offers. Had a lot of he could have gone anywhere, and um, you know he went and served a mission and decided to come to BYU. And just thankful to have him here, part of our team. He's one of our our best leaders on the team, and 
you know, he's, a, he's the only guy that touches the ball more than anybody else, right? You've touched the ball more than anyone, uh, you know, and he's a four-year, going to be a four-year starter, so he's a guy that, that uh, probably touched the ball more than anyone in BYU history by the time he's done with it. And, and uh, smart, he can play any position, and so this is, he's kind of made play BYU and dominate. He's a legacy kid, saw his, his dad, he's wonderful parents, and uh, he's a coach's kid, so he understands the game, and it's just, you don't really have to coach him up because he already knows a lot of stuff, technique and scheme. So it's it's a if we can have more coaches' kids and more legacy kids, that that that'll, the more the merrier. And then he fits perfectly what we're doing. Athletic family too. His sisters are really athletic as well. And did she just sign to play with? Yep, so, the soccer team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's coming here. They're pretty good. Yeah, both of my little sisters are going to be here. Fantastic. Yep, that's awesome. At the same time. At the same time. As you as well, all three yep. of you. Oh, that's incredible. That's awesome. Uh, BYU will have had two centers in eight years once you're done, by the way. Tijon Karomo was a four-year starter than you, so well, it, keep it that? simple, right? Just go yeah. with the same guy the whole time? That's awesome. He, he now, reminds us he can play any position, too. I think, he reminds you. I think, I think James was a little jealous because Kyrus got a touchdown there. But I've never seen a center <laughs> snap it to himself and score. So I think that's illegal, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 yeah I, I know my role. So. <laughs> Do you want a, a touchdown at some point? Do you want a tackle-eligible play like Brady Christensen? I like blocking, so <laughs> I'll, I'll, just, I'll stick to the blocking. I mentioned, uh, you know, if you don't notice, James, that's because he's doing his job. So uh, at what point did you realize, you know what, I want to be a center and I want no one to notice me potentially because if I'm doing my job, that's okay. I don't get the glory, but that's all right. That, that's kind of like the, the Lyman creed, you know, the kind of all Lyman. If, if, you, if you don't hear their name, they, they must be doing something right. So just playing line my, my whole life and just kind of always hoping nobody talks about me because that means it's, it's good. Well, sorry that we brought you on a TV show uh, to talk about yourself. 24 starts for you. This offense has evolved the last five, uh, five games during this win streak. How have you seen it evolve from your position, snapping the ball every offensive play? Um, I mean, it's, it's evolved a lot. We, we've done um, – we've kind of found a, a little bit of a groove and found what we're um, good at, and we're, we're working every day to, to get better at those things. So just kind of um, – Less from my spot, more from the team spot is uh, we're just kind of figuring it out all, to, all together, you know what I mean? So we've been growing these, these last, um, since the season really began, we've been growing and, and uh, we're excited to just keep putting it all together. It's rare that you get sort of the battery uh, from a high school team, but you have the center from American Fork and then you have the running back from American Fork, right, with Lopini Katoa. Did you cross over some with him in high school? Yeah, like the all ever since we were young, we grew up together playing on the same uh, little league team. So it's kind of fun when when we both got home off our missions and we we decided to come to BYU. We got to play together some more, so it's good stuff. And Kalani, it always helps when there's some connection, whether it's in the region or county or state or whatnot. It's nice to have a couple American Fork cavemen, right? Yeah, of course. And 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 I mean, but these guys are are great at at welcoming everyone, making them feel part of the family and. You know, James is being really humble, but he's a big part of why this thing is working, especially at the O-line and all the offensive side. That The identity they're taking is from him being the consistent guy and, and leading the way. And so his leadership is something that, that he, he won't talk about himself, but he's, a, he's one of our best leaders. And, and not by just his example, but the things that he says and things that he does. is, uh, You know, he's a, he's a great young man, and I'm honored to have, have him on our team. Let's talk about the process pre-snap. So walk me through it. A, a play call comes in from the sideline. Zach Wilson gets said play call, makes the call. He, and, and then when does it get to you and what role do you have in that? Um, after Zach gets it, he'll tell us kind of a code word. And then everybody kind of knows what the play is. And just based on a 
kind of wherever the defense is at, you know, you kind of call out the center of the play and you kind of know um, based on that, everybody kind of knows what they're supposed to do. So just kind of uh, from the time we get it and then we figure out where the middle of the play is, you know, and where we need to um, kind of what everybody needs to do. After that, it's just snap it and go. So Go quick, get the ball, line it up yep. and go. Okay. The UMass game featured a season high 320 yards rushing. Uh, Jackson McChesney, 228. Uh, what was it like to set a season high on Saturday against UMass in rushing? Uh, it, was, it was just a lot of fun. Like, like we were saying, we kind of just step by step, we've been putting it together and we had a chance to go out to, to UMass and, and uh, play a good game and uh, help us to continue to put it together and, and lead up to you know, our, our future games and, and our future team being, being who we are and, and trying to establish uh, who we are as a football team and just continually figuring ourselves out. It was, so it was, it was a good moment to to kind of learn more about ourselves and and put some pieces together and have a lot of fun at the same time. So, and Kalani Eric Mateos broke it down in the film room, but this was an, uh, a well blocked game by the O line. It felt like. Yeah, and they, they've been they've been doing a great job all, all season long, and, and uh, you know we've had some mistakes. I, I think every position group has had some mistakes that they're working with, but uh, we have great young men, and, and um, I think the more feedback and the more uh, the more feedback, the more they can be involved with the offense, the better. And, and I think it starts up front. We've always said we got to have a, a presence on the line of scrimmage, whether it's an O-line or D-line. And uh, once those guys are rolling, it's hard to stop them. And you got athletic kids like, like James that can make plays. And, you know, he's got an athletic wife too. So uh, looking forward to when they have kids, they get, get their, their kids here to be making BYU. BYU players with legacy as well. So you want to introduce your and wife? And what's your wife's name? Yeah. Maddie. Maddie. Hi, Maddie. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you want to introduce what she does too? Yeah, Maddie. Maddie yeah, let's give it up for Maddie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she um, she runs tracking uh, cross country at, at UVU. So very nice. Awesome. She's got the speed. That's great. So yeah, the athletic kids. I see That's what you're what saying. saying. Yeah, yeah exactly. Start and, young. And uh, San Diego State, they have a top three rush defense, top ten uh, defense. This is going to be a fun challenge Saturday. Oh, big time. They, I mean, we've been, you know, everybody's been watching the film on them and, and seeing what they do um, from, like, a defensive front standpoint. And they have a physical brand and a tough brand and their own unique style. So um, it'll be fun to be able to kind of play against something that we haven't seen all year and uh, with, with their, the st their style of play and, and what they do and, and kind of um, just continue getting – uh, as good as we can be, you know what I mean? And, and so hopefully uh, we'll be able to take a step forward. And, and uh, it's just a huge challenge, and we, we love to step up to the plate. So we're excited. Okay, well, good luck Saturday night. Thank Thanks you. for coming in. Thank you. Thank you. Time for a sec. Breakdown Cougar football with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon each week on After Further Review. It aired earlier tonight, and it's on demand on the BYU TV app. Watch it tomorrow morning on BYU TV as well, 11 Eastern, 8 Pacific time. Did you know you can have your groceries waiting to be picked up? Or better yet, dropped off at your front door. It's all done online at smithsfoodanddrug.com or on their app on your phone. Download the Smiths app and save time. Shop online. As we go to break, this week's trivia question. Kalani, this is for you. Jackson McChesney became the fifth Satake-era freshman to rush for 100-plus in a game. Sione Finau did it against Idaho State. Who were the other three? We'll tell you after the break. And the answer to the question, Ula Tolutau, KJ Hall, and Lopini Katoa are the other three. Well, we've had a great year here on the Satake Show. Here are some of the best moments from the season. 
he speaks in basic, basic Tongan? Yeah, I mean, and then, you know, I, I, some basic and some ones that I probably shouldn't speak in. <laughs> when I first offered him, he was uh, 120 pounds lighter, right? Oh, no, we eat a lot. I eat a lot before games. I think it's kind of a nervous thing. I don't think it's a good thing either. What was more focused, you in that moment or the BYU offense going into this season? Are you doing it again? I didn't notice. Was I doing it again? Those kind of picks, and they happen uh, kind of frequently these days, it seems, Kalani. Yeah, the Kafusis are giants. <laughs> Speaking of dance, we might see a couple later in the show. Oh, don't it's do it. Sport. Yeah, that's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, kids. <laughs> it's nice that I dress up for the cougar walk, but other than that, I can't wait to get it off. I put, like, a polo on and my coaching gear on. My father's birthday, Tom Sitake, he's right here. He's at this trademark, so. <laughs> Love you, Pops. Happy birthday. Lavelle Edwards, um, the guy was awesome. So, I don't know, I just love him. Well, the uh, True Blue Hero program is a great program, and it's full of great young men like, uh, like Wyatt Page. It is. We're just better people um, because of him and the other True Blue Heroes. Um, how much do you attribute your win to the prayers of Zach Wilson's mom? <laughs> oh, gosh. I think it's a, it's a appropriate thing to pray for. <laughs> I made a guy miss one. <laughs> <laughs> Two was too much to ask. <laughs> Two was too much to ask. <laughs> you just had to ride up on your bike and hope to just... Yep, and just beg the security people to let me in. <laughs> well, it's been an awesome season. This is our season finale. Thanks for uh, everything, Kalani. Love you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks to Greg, you, Jeremy, everyone that worked on the set. and Obviously, make, up, make me look as ugly as I possible. <laughs> Better than I, how ugly I am. Really am. Yeah, well, good luck at San Diego State. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you. Go Cougs. Okay. That'll do it for the season for director David Holliday, producer Holliston Collier, James MP, Greg Rebellis, Lonnie Stocke. I'm Jim Jordan. And this has been the season finale of BYU Football with Kalani Satake. Go Cougs.